full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. I am so excited for today's show. We are going to jump right into it because we have got some amazing guests who have turned their pain into passion. So I want to talk a little bit, just a tiny bit about infidelity. And this is per psychology today. This is where I'm getting this from. Infidelity is the breaking of a promise to remain faithful to a romantic partner, whether that promise was a part of a marriage vows, privately uttered agreement between lovers, It's an unspoken assumption between two people. As unthinkable as the notion of breaking such promises may be at the time they are made, infidelity is common. And when it happens, it raises thorny questions like, should I stay? Can trust be rebuilt? Or is there no choice but to pack up and move on? Now, this show is not about infidelity. Let me tell you that. But it just so happens that at least in the case of my first guest, infidelity was the catalyst to a journey of self-discovery or to use her words to wake up. So let me introduce my guest, very dear friend, and I'm so glad that she said yes to be on the show today. Elsie Bobo, she is a life coach and host of the podcast, Wake Up or Break Up. Now this podcast started out as a platform to highlight her personal journey through infidelity and forgiveness, but now in season three, it has become a place for healing for men and women around the world. Elsie decided to get into life coaching after receiving the wake up call of a lifetime. Within a 24 hour period, She found out her husband cheated on her. They closed their business of eight years. She moved out of her house and she left her marriage. Despite feelings of shame and humiliation, this is what Elsie calls the life-shattering, rock-bottom, fresh start she needed to wake up and change her life. So without further ado, I would like to welcome my guest, Elsie, to the show. Welcome to the show, Elsie. I am so (laughs) excited to have you finally, because we've had a couple of scheduling snafus on my part, but I'm so glad that you're finally here to have this conversation. How are you doing, my friend? I'm so good. I'm really so excited to be here today. It's And honestly, like it's really just nice to see you. (laughs) Even though we're on radio, it's just great to see your face. Yeah, this is the place I love to be. This is my happy space two happy places I have in my life. The radio station and the ocean. My two happy places. Mm, Find me at one of those two places. (laughs) I am good to go. So what I like at the beginning of every show is have the guests introduce themselves to the Full Circle family. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? All right. Good morning, Full Circle family. My name is Elsie and I am a mom. I am a podcast host. I'm a wife and I'm a life coach. I help people with their relationships, just figuring things out, not just romantic, but even platonic, familial, relationships, friendships. And during the day, I'm also a recruiter for a mental health company. So I do a lot. 
You do an awful lot. And when we met, we met at a time in my life where I was ready for transition. So you and your husband, Joe, were the people behind Sacktown Fit Club. And I know a lot of people have heard of Sacktown Fit Club, where you did transformation or helped people transform not just their body, but their mindset as well. And so you guys did that for eight years, right? Yeah. I want to go back even further because, first of all, I mean, you guys have been in this place of kind of like in the spotlight, right? You got married on TV, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. that, right? You, know. you got married on TV and you started this business where you're helping so many people that have come through and that have had their lives transformed by the work that you and Joe did. Tell us a little bit about your and Joe's love story. Yeah, I mean, it is one of my favorite things to talk about, even with everything that's happened. Uh-huh. Uh, You know, we met in college. I was actually dating one of his friends. And it was one of those things where, you know, you're not supposed to like this person, but Mm -hmm. there's just something about them. And you're like, I have to have this person in my life. And I met him before I went and studied a year abroad in Italy. And I was just like, oh, my God, who is this person? (laughs) And then when I came home, I saw him again. He was playing on the basketball team of the guy I was talking to. And I just could not stop looking at him. And he after one of the games, he comes up to me and he says hi and I just freaked out like I was literally speechless I looked at him I did like a really awkward giggle and I left and later on that night I get a a message on MySpace not to age myself but I was on MySpace (laughs) and and it's like hey beautiful you know I just want to say hi and see how you're doing you know blah 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 and I was like well I'm talking to your friend so you know I don't want to be you know shady or whatever anyway He ends up approaching me. We start talking. I let his friend know and his friend's like, oh, you know what? You'll probably be a better match with Joe anyway. So be with him. So we were like, "Okay, this is like meant to be. So we were together for a while. We moved to L.A. together. He wanted to be an actor. So we did that. And then while we were there, you know, we were engaged at the time. We wanted to get married, but we couldn't afford it. You know, my dad was sick and we knew that the time was limited. So Joe being the very focused man that he is, he applied to a bunch of shows. You know, people were telling us you need to have money to be on our show. Even though they're paying for your wedding, you still Mm -hmm. had to have a good nest egg and we did not. So we found Wedding Wars on VH1 and they flew us out to Hawaii for the show and they let us know like you can be sent home even before the show starts. So we were just like nervous. Like we felt like I hope they like us. I hope Mm. we could do this. And we thought we thought it was going to be like real world where we're all in a house with 12 other couples, you know, drama, Uh. fun, like adventures. It was not. It was uh, (laughs) one night they they had us pack one bag and they took us out for a challenge. And then they're like, surprise, you're going to be living in the forest for the rest (laughs) of the two months here. And you're going to vote each other off like survivor Uh and you're going to only eat rice and beans. So that was probably the most bonding um, life, not life altering, but like it was just one of those reality checks that's like, wow, if we can make it through this, we can really seriously make it through anything. And we ended up beating out the other 12 couples. Uh, We won the show. They flew our family out overnight. So we won the show. They flew our family out the next day. And then the day after that, we got married. And then we flew back to real life and we couldn't tell anyone we were married because we had signed the agreement. You had to wait agreements. till the show aired, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was a hard secret <laughs> to keep. Did that continue to help you guys strengthen your relationship? 
Yeah, I think, you know, when you're on TV and you're being recorded and you have these side interviews all the time mm -hmm. where they ask you questions about your relationship, it was almost like you couldn't hide anything from each other. Like we had to be each other's support system. We had to have each other's back. We were teammates. So that was a nice. I think that's actually a really good foundation to a marriage, right? Because you're already mm -hmm. a lot of times when people get married, you have all these other influence around you all the time, right? Even though you may live together, whatever. It was just you and Joe, right? Mm -hmm. On this island. So it seems like that would be the perfect foundation to really strengthen the bond that you had and moving forward the same thing. So fast forward, you're in Sacramento, you're running this amazing program to help people transform our lives, which was a great program. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you're moving along eight years into this thing. And then what happens? So <laughs> can I just preface this by saying I love my son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love my son. He is just such an interesting little creature. However, when when Joe and I had banks, because we had never planned to have children. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of having, you know, this gym, helping so many people, we suddenly wanted to grow our family. And mm -hmm. so when Banks was born, it wasn't necessarily his presence, but I had suffered like such insane postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And I think I was in this mindset owning the gym of you have to be positive, like look on the bright side, like just work through it. And so I worked through it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really tell anyone. I didn't talk about it. I kept it to myself. And as I shut myself down emotionally, mm -hmm. Joe and I just drifted farther and farther and farther apart. And it got to a point, you know, one day he came home from teaching class and he's like, Elsie, I honestly don't even know how much longer I can do this. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what do you mean do this? Like our marriage? What do you mean? He's like, I just don't know how much longer I could keep trying to love you and not receiving anything mm -hmm. in return. He's like, I have my own depression. Like I'm having a hard time and I just feel alone. And this is how bad it was, Miss Wanda, because I looked at him and I was like, I don't really care because mm. I I was like, I have this baby for you. You know, I mean, and at the time I was angry. Yeah. I know it was for us, but right. I was like, I had this baby for you. I made these sacrifices. You know, my body is not the same anymore. Like you can suffer through being a little sad, you know, for a yeah. little longer. And so, you know, Banks was two and a half. <laughs> uh -huh. So that was a really long time uh -huh. of being by himself. <laughs> And in March of 2020, just last year, at the start of the quarantine, one of my friends tells me that she found out that, you know, Joe cheated. And it was crazy. <laughs> Before we go into that, though, th there was a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me. You were yeah. always the positive person. And it breaks my heart to hear you still have to put up this persona of being this cheerful Elsie that we all know and inside you're just dying. You're just really breaking down. And also the importance of aftercare, after you have your child, mm -hmm. like that family postpartum is so serious, right? Really mm -hmm. keep an eye on your family and friends that may have just had children because that, I mean, look at the emotional toll that it took on you, that you were checked out but you were yeah. you were like a walking shell of yourself absolutely it was the hardest it was i honestly i can't even remember that time that mm -hmm. two and a half years wow. when banks was first born i it felt like a dream i'm thinking about it right now and i'm like it was like a fog i mm. did not feel like myself and a lot of people are like well how could joe do that when you were feeling like that 
And honestly, Joe's going through his own stuff. Like Joe's been battling depression for years, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just so happened that I wasn't able to be his support system through his, you know, and we needed each other. But then at the same time, we were just so prideful, you know, at the Mm -hmm. same time, we just couldn't admit that we needed help or that we were broken. And so that led you to pushing Joe away. I mean, Mm -hmm. you both were dealing with your own things. He's trying to fix that thing within him by holding on to you as your as his support. You're not even in a mindset where you can even receive that or give him anything in return. So then he goes out and meets someone. She was a member at our gym. (laughs) And... Oh, I'm still I'm yeah. still salty about that. Okay. Oh my god. Like, why am I salty, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not And it's one of those things like this is how I know that what we created at Sacktown Fit Club was more than a business, it was a family because so many people were so betrayed almost equally to my betrayal level Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. how I felt because they felt they knew that Joe was just this person that was just so decent and never hit on anyone at work never was like super flirty or inappropriate he was just always very upstanding always very doting on me and banks like very loving and then for this to happen like that's how I knew there had to be something else going on it was more than just oh, I was like in love or I was tempted because we'd been doing this business for nine years and there's so many women there, you know? It could have been at any time, so why now? Mm -hmm. And uh, this girl was just, uh, she worked with me intimately after they had engaged in whatever that they had done. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a part that just really, more so than just the fact that she would entertain it, because she's young, you yeah. know, maybe she doesn't really know. Just the fact, like, you didn't have to be my friend. Right, right, right. That part. Still very salty about that. Because you, you are my family. <laughs> you and Joe both. And Banks. Um, but, yeah. you know, that was the thing. That was what you say on your webpage, your rock bottom moment that made you mm-hmm. wake up. Mm-hmm. How did you turn that pain? Because, I, like I said, I don't want to focus a lot on what happened it was important to talk about in order to see how you got here. So you found out your husband cheated. That was the catalyst that turned around, but how did it actually turn around? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think, you know, it's that everything's gone. Like I lost everything Mm -hmm. and I don't mean everything. Like it's more than closing the business. It's more than leaving my house. It's more than saying my marriage is over. It was like, I had to question everything about myself. Like, Mm -hmm. was I a lie? Was my existence a lie? Because these pictures that I'm posting, these little sayings that I'm doing, like, are these really authentic? Or were they just a facade that I was just trying to put up for other people? And I think it was that examination of like, who the F is Elsie? And what does she want? I think Mm -hmm. when, you know, after I left, Joe had asked me like, well, now you could do what you want. Like, what what do you want for yourself? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm sorry. I just, were yeah. you were you still in the postpartum at that time? Because you said that was the catalyst. So were mm-hmm. you still had you recognized that it was postpartum at that time? And I'm sorry to cut you off, but that no, I think no. that's important to ask. Yeah. So January, I started transitioning out of like my fog before I found out about the cheating and the cheating happened in January too. So I don't know, the universe is interesting, but 
Um, I had stopped breastfeeding banks, which was a huge game changer. And I think my postpartum started fading away. I started feeling, you know, a little bit more feisty, a little more sexual, a little more myself. Mm -hmm. And then this happens and it's like, okay, well, I will say I was very thankful that it happened after, like as I was coming out of the fog, then when I was in the fog, I don't know what I would have done if I was still in that place, you know? So you're starting to come back to yourself and then this thing happens and you had to question everything that you had been, right? Everything that you had been living this social media life of, oh, I'm positive Elsie, when still there were things that weren't right. So when we Mm -hmm. come back from the break, we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back from the break, I do want to talk about how that turned into your journey turned into now being able to help others. But we still got some more to dig. Still got some more (laughs) digging to do. We're not done with you yet. (laughs) This is Full Circle. Family, thank you so much for joining the show. Amazing conversation with my guest, Elsie Bobo. Keep it right here. We'll be right back after this really quick break. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Empowering women through conversation. This is what she does. She is Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. We are back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program, having an amazing conversation with my guest, Elsie Bobo. She is a life coach, a mom, a wife, and she is a woman that has turned her pain into the purpose of helping others. One thing about having pain and working through it and being able to share your story, but when you can actually use that as fuel to help other people that are in similar situations or have some kind of issue that's similar to you when you can use that for your pain I think that's a wonderful thing and so I'm glad that Elsie agreed to come on the show today to talk about how she has turned the pain of infidelity in her marriage into helping other people but before we get all the way to what she's doing now and how she's helping others we left off you were just coming out of your postpartum depression did you have help for that or was that something that you were just starting to come to your own awarenesses about yeah, I I think for me, it was two parts. I, I had a lot of people reach out to me. And so I would say like I had that village support. I had a few women just say to me, hey, Elsie, you know, we understand what you're going through. We don't talk about this publicly, but we've also been cheated on. And we also forgave our husbands. And we want you to know that if that's something you choose to do, it's possible. And I've also had women reach out saying, you know, my husband cheated on me too and I left his ass. So like this village support was like the initial. And then I had a friend recommend uh, talking to a life coach. And so I scheduled a consultation. It was free. You know, I just lost my business. I know I couldn't afford a life coach, but this one hour consultation was what shifted everything for me. She had me imagine my life three years from now. Mm -hmm. And what did that look like? What did it entail? Who was there? Who was a part of it? What did it feel like? What did it smell like? All of those things. And when I did the visualization, even in my hurt and my pain, I still saw Joe Mm. as part of my life. I still saw us working it out, raising banks together. And that was the moment that I was like, oh my gosh, maybe it's not completely over for me. Maybe I'm not completely done. You know, that just goes to show the connection that you and Joe had. But did you at any time struggle with the fact of, I still want Joe very much in my life, not just co-parenting and being Mm -hmm. separate, but I really want, because forgiveness is really powerful, but sometimes we struggle with it. Yeah. So did you feel that tug within yourself to like, I want to forgive him, but I'm, you know, so many people have other opinions and and all of that. 
that was the biggest hesitation for me was the shame and the embarrassment from other people. And I not, not a lot of people knew at first, like mm. just my family and maybe, you know, the friends that told me. The friends that told me were very supportive. No matter what I decided to do, there was no shame there. But even like my sister would say, you know, you just have to remember this pain right now and, you know, remember what he did and don't, you know, don't give in you know, after whatever mm -hmm. time. And I think it, it was that embarrassment of what if I forgave him, am I weak? That kind of caused me to pull back. But yeah. then when I was able to just say, the shame that comes from other people isn't helping me honor who I am, which is like, it just puts me in that cycle that I've been in my entire life of like, what do other people want from me? What what would make me look better? You know, it's like that same facade idea. And I just, that's when I was like, I gotta let this go. What was that road back in helping Joe? Because I remember seeing you. First of all, I, I remember just sending you some love and prayers when mm -hmm. you announced. But I remember, and it would be so heartbreaking because I, I felt your pain in a way, just from the aspect of being away from your partner. But I remember when you would post that you would drop Banks off to be with Joe for the weekend and how hard that was. And I just felt so, you know, I just had so much compassion for you. What mm. was that road to actually coming together? And then what was that thing that made you say, okay, now I want to go help other people? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's, it was my heart, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. like, it was literally my soul. Like whenever we were around each other, I loved him so, I loved him so much more than I hurt. I mm, loved him so much more than good. I hated him. And I just could not, and I don't want to, uh, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, you're so weak. Like you, you need a man to feel fulfilled. And it's like, it wasn't that. Like this is just, you just have people who are your people. And, you know, and it doesn't matter what anyone else says or does. And to me, honestly, like I think cheating was a deal breaker before I was cheated on. <laughs> and right. then, and then after I was like, cheating is not black and white. Like, the way that he cheated and the reason why he cheated and not necessarily my role in the cheating, but like my role and what happened up to the cheating, I had to I had to look at all of it. I couldn't just be so tunnel vision like I'm hurt, so I'm not going to pay attention to anything else. And I think that's what really helped me say like, man, other women might need help with this. Like other women might be or men or people, humans might be in the situation where they're like, I feel like it's a black and white decision, but my heart is telling me something different. And mm. they needed to know that they weren't alone. They needed to be able to talk through it. Like I was able to talk through it with my life coach and just talk through it in my head and journaling to kind of see that there was another side. Oh, that's powerful. You said I loved him more than I hurt. That is powerful, Elsie. And that's so true. And we were just talking off air and I was mentioning to Elsie, sometimes when we let that hurt overtake us, and start mm -hmm. to shut us down when we can't work through that hurt. That's when we get the bitterness and the anger and the, you know, X, Y, Z. And it can't be salvaged. I think at that point it can't be salvaged. And also, it's also where if we do stay, it's that always penalizing the spouse for what they mm -hmm. did. Did you ever struggle with that at all? Of like, you know, well, did you say that to her? Well, did you do that to her? Like, you know, did you have those feelings? Because that, that's a reality. Like when we have mm -hmm. something that hurts us, then out of our bitterness, because we're not healed, we still want to throw jabs. 
mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I was a jabber. You can just call <laughs> me a professional boxer. I was like jabbing all day. And I think for me, I needed to know everything because my mind is so creative mm-hmm. <laughs> and so exaggerative. Like it just, I came up with so many scenarios mm-hmm. in my head of what could have happened. Was it a romantic relationship? Was it emotional? Was it physical? Did you have sex? Did you like it? Was she better than me? What was her body like? And I asked him all of those questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of our healing together. We were like, we just have to say everything. We have to start over. We have to have this clear slate. And it was one of those things that we were like, he will answer all the questions, but then it's also with the acknowledgement that it's not something I could just keep bringing up over and over and over again. We had to be able to really close. And I, I don't want to say shut the door because it's not like we can just pretend it didn't happen, right. but it's just cracked. Like mm-hmm. we, we understand it's there, you know, but we just don't open that door. Yeah. I remember when Joe was on your podcast and he was <laughs> so nervous because he was afraid of what people would say or the comments. And there's so much hate out there. I just you know, always a cheater and all that kind of thing. And I just, mm-hmm. I felt bad for him, but I'm talking to him. I'm listening to the podcast in the car and I'm talking to him like, it's okay, Joe. Go ahead and tell us. <laughs> I'm, I'm too much at times. But you um, started your podcast and I want to talk about Wake Up Your Passion and how you help others. So which came first? And then how did you develop that? So the podcast or the actual life coaching? You know, it's funny. The idea for both was birth at the same time. Um, i followed my passion to do the coaching first because mm-hmm. I knew that I I had half-assed a lot of stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, our gym, we, we put it together without really any formal training. It wasn't duplicatable. It was really just from our soul. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have like that structural foundation that would really help us thrive. And when it was gone and when I knew that I had to shut that door to health and fitness, I had to take my passion to something else and that's after that that session with the my life coach i was like man what she did for me is what i would love to do for people without that connection to weight or nutrition mm-hmm. or you know such specific goals it's just more like life changing and and that's what pushed me to the life coaching and then from there just my own self discovery through the uh, program itself i was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i think i can start sharing my story now like i yeah. think i've done enough work on myself through this program that I can actually analyze this from an objective perspective. Yeah, you were already, when I hear you say that, you were coaching, you were life coaching at Sacktown Fit Club. (laughs) But it just, you know, sometimes we do things, but we don't really realize what it is that we're doing. So that Mm -hmm. gift was already within you, the way you motivated us, the way you talked to us about mindset and all those things. You had that foundation. What was the biggest discovery you made about yourself? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing that I made about myself is that I'm fake. And I I will put on a face to please other people and put myself second. And you know, fake is such a harsh word, but it was just one of those things like I wasn't authentic. I wasn't honoring my authentic self and I wasn't really taking full responsibility for my impact on the people and the things in my life. That's a huge discovery. Mm-hmm. That is major. And that takes a lot of getting honest with yourself and a lot mm-hmm. of digging down to discover and admit that about yourself. That, And I think I'm definitely not negating that. I think a lot of, especially women, caretakers, people that are have that nurture role mm-hmm. do that. 
And I think that we, that's that mask that we wear a lot of times. It's the mask of, let me put the other people's needs to make sure they're good before we actually take care of ourselves. And then by the time we get to ourselves, we're spent. We're, you know, we have all of these things that now we need some self-caring and some people to surround us, but they're not Mm -hmm. there a lot of the times. Yeah. Yeah, I felt really alone, you know, prior to Joe uh, cheating. And Mm -hmm. I think I was just in this place that I needed help and I did not know how to ask for it. And I had so much pride that I'm independent, I'm strong, I can do this on my own. And I really, all I really wanted was for someone to take care of me. And it was, I just could not admit that. I could not let anyone see the Mm -hmm. chink in my armor, you know, that I was anything less than what I put forth on social media. Like people are watching me. So I have to snap back after baby. I have to be positive. I have to show that I'm still working out. I have to be a good wife and all of the things. And I had to delete my Instagram for for months because it was just, I was so tied to what people saw, like Mm. in putting on this face for people. I wasn't even connected to who I really was. That's so good, Elsie. That's so good to hear you say that because so many people struggle with that, trying to keep up the public persona mm-hmm. when they have so much other stuff going on. And when if they actually would tell the reality of their situation, maybe not the whole reality, but tell mm-hmm. uh, the reality, whatever bit that they choose to share, I think that they would get so much more love and so much yeah. more real commitment from people because people can see well, you're just like me, because a lot of times mm-hmm. people see these these people on on social media and I'm the, I'm living the life and they're breaking their necks and, and, and sacrificing a lot of stuff to live that same life when that life is a facade, when mm-hmm. it's not even real, mm-hmm. you know. And so I remember when you confessed on social media about not being you were talking about a period in your life where you weren't. You were you had a lot of negativity around you. Mm-hmm. And and again, it was those vulnerable moments. And it's with a lot of people, those vulnerable moments where you can see someone's heart and you mm-hmm. you can see that they're really just like me and they're really struggling through whatever it is. And I need to just send them some love and light because they're just people like us, yeah. you know. So yeah. wake up your passion. Mm-hmm. What is it that you do to help other people? Yeah. And so, you know, with Wake Up Your Passion, it's it's just waking up what's inside of you that might have been sleeping for years. And maybe it's it hasn't even been found yet. And mm-hmm. it's taking the time to self-explore and self-connect with who you really are. Because mm-hmm. so many of us are walking around, like you said, with masks on, like, People don't know who we really are. And most of the time, we don't even know who we really are. Mm -hmm. And it's just removing the masks, removing the barriers, removing the facade and just saying, this is me. Like, what? What am I passionate about? What am I here for? What's my purpose? What's my identity? What do I want? How do I want to show up every Mm -hmm. day? And so you work with individuals and couples, right? Yeah, I do individuals, couples. I I do families and, you know, I do small groups. It's, It's just more providing a space. You know, I think there's a lot of stigma around health coaching, mental health care and Honestly, it's just really having a conversation with someone who's unbiased and willing to listen and reflect back to you what they hear and what you're saying so that you're able to look at it in a different lens and hopefully from there make the changes necessary to be who you really want to be. 
So you're rolling along, you've got your life coaching business, you're helping others, and your reach sounds like it's really far. It's Again, it's when people find that good thing, they tell mm-hmm. other people about it. And same thing with your podcast. It's like I was, you're, first of all, you didn't even expect that you were going to have a season two, <laughs> let alone a season three. And now you're no. in season three. So season one, you started out sharing your own journey. Mm-hmm. And now... In season three, you've got all of these people that have drawn to you and are sharing their stories. How is that? It is insane. <laughs> it is like, I, I don't want to say like my first season was selfish, but I think it was more cathartic. I've really just wanted to let it all out and share for anyone who needed to hear that they weren't alone, just to hear that, you know, there's other options after infidelity. And mm-hmm. then people started saying like, oh my gosh, hearing your story was so powerful. I have a similar story. And I was kind of on the fence. Like, do I just keep talking about random stuff or do other people need to hear different versions of the same story? And maybe someone else's story will resonate more than mine. Mm -hmm. And that's where it was. It was just like such an easy, like the floodgates open, not floodgates. It's not like millions of people are messaging me, but (laughs) you know, it's a good amount of people reaching out to me saying, I have a story and I really just want to share and whether it's to inspire others or sometimes it's just like for them cathartic as well. They just want to talk about it. They just want to get it out in the the open and to own it and just say, this is who I am. This is what's going on with me and just be vulnerable. How was that for you during season one? At that point, was that what you experienced was just the catharsis of it all or was it You know, what was that experience like to even start the podcast, to even go into the infidelity and into such detail that you did in the podcast and family? If you haven't heard the podcast again, it's Wake Up or Break Up and you can find it on all of your podcast platforms. But what was that like for you in that first season? Oh, my God. You know. You know, you know, <laughs> like I spent a lot of time talking at yeah. Sacktown Fickle, like teaching people, coaching people. And when I was able to do the podcast, I was able to hear my own voice. You know, you have your headphones mm-hmm. on right now. Like mm-hmm. when you speak into the mic and it's like you can hear your soul. It's just such. Oh, it's just like your essence, like your my soul is speaking on the podcast and anything that's coming up like as I talk because you know the first season I didn't have any guests it was just me talking it was just me diving deeper like ooh that's interesting let's go there okay mm-hmm. let's talk about this oh my gosh I didn't even know that was there but mm-hmm. talking for 20 30 minutes stuff is going to come out you're going to learn some stuff about who you are and yeah. what you want and what you've been through and I just it was like getting to know Elsie that's the only way I can really describe it I learned about me doing that first season of the podcast. And so now you're in season three, you are out here in the world showing up as a coach and really helping other people get through those situations, those relationship issues, that place where they may be stalled in their life or whatever it is. And did you ever think, I'm going to go back to the question that your life coach asked you, that it's only been what, two, a year and a half, two years? Mm-hmm. So did you ever think even in that amount of time, I know she said, where would you be in three years? But even in that amount of time, did you ever imagine yourself here? Oh, my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like a vase broken on the floor and Mm. I would just be like, look at all these pieces. Like, how are they going to fit together again? Like, is this going to work? Like, do I just have to toss these pieces or can I like glue them back into some type of recognizable, you know, construction and 
I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe this is, it's so much better than I imagined. It's, it's so different than what I imagined, what I thought it could be. And it almost makes me a little emotional because it's like, I just, I was so done. I thought my life was over. I thought everything was just finished. I felt so undone. And now look at you. Mm. Amazing. And you and your husband are like, how, what are you guys doing to keep the marriage fresh in a way that it wasn't before and are you being more transparent like what are you guys doing now in this space of you know forgiveness and reconciliation and moving forward yeah you know i think like when you're with someone for as long as we were together we're like 15 years you you love silently you know it's just kind of implied we're still here. Of course, I still love you. And now I love him out loud. I love him verbally. I love him affectionately. I love him physically. And I remind him and he reminds me like we'll be watching TV and he'll look at me and usually that's it. But he'll say now you're so beautiful. Like I just love mm. like your face. Like your your hair looks so good today. And it it's not like a cheap compliment. It just feels like one of those things. We don't let things live in our heads anymore. We really want to let them out. That's so good. I am so just happy to see that. And your son, he has both of his parents together raising him under one household in a loving household that might have been different had you not taken the steps to healing for both of you. Yeah. And, and oh. even for Joe, for his healing and, and what he's doing to be an example, too, to your son. I just think that that's so, so, so wonderful and happy yeah. to hear that. What steps would you give someone that may be listening right now mm-hmm. that they need to wake up to their pet? Pa- they don't even know what their passion is. How would you yeah. what steps would you give someone to start to be on that path of self-discovery? Yeah. I think the first step is just self-awareness. Where are you at right now? If you were to make a list about what you want, where you want to be, what makes you happy, you know, what are the things that you love? If if you have any difficulty around answering any of those questions, it's really time to do a deeper exploration. It's time to reevaluate what you have going on in your life. And I think oftentimes we get into this routine of work, family, school, you know, friends, all of this stuff that we don't really take that moment to just kind of pause and say, where am I right now? What am I doing with my life right now? What do I want? What am I feeling right now? You know, we don't even, you know, we're so used to putting everything down or, you know, just kind of like, oh, suffer in silence, like you said before, Mm -hmm. that we're not honest with other people and we're not honest with ourselves. So just taking that step of like, okay, what's going on with me? How am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling that? Like, what, where does that come from? Like, what's going on there? Just mm-hmm. being curious. And then when they find that thing that once they come to a realization of, oh, that really is a gift or a passion, you know, mm-hmm. like, almost similar to, again, like I mentioned earlier at Sacktown Fit Club, you were already a coach. That was <laughs> already a gift that was inside of you that... Yeah may not have been realized in that particular way and Mm -hmm. then it came forth so when they find that thing what would you tell someone like okay i know what i want to do but i don't know where to start yeah yeah that's always the hardest part is Mm -hmm. taking that first step and i think a lot of times when we find our natural gift or talent or passion we feel like we have to leave everything that we're doing right now and just pursue that wholly and i say just 
dip your toe in it a little bit. Like see how it feels like to you. You know, when you look it up online, does it make you excited? Like, does it fire you up? And, you know, I really can't stress enough how important it is to just tune into your inner compass because that is what's going to guide you as far as how far to go, how much time to take. Like, do you need to take a step back? Do you need to, you know, jump right in and just trying things, try lots of things, try lots of things that have to deal with it. Don't just stick with one thing, you know, mm-hmm. do the research, find out what, what does it entail? What does it look like to you? And if it's possible, then start incorporating it. Really good advice. Really good advice. Elsie, where can people find you both on social media and how can they take advantage of your coaching services as well? Of course. And thank you so much for asking. You know, people can find me on Instagram at Wake Up Elsie. That's always a fun place to just check me out and to DM. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok or Clubhouse, same name at Wake Up Elsie. I love to talk and, and meet people. And then as far as the coaching goes, uh, you can message me at Elsie Lives Life at gmail.com. But it's always easier just to go to the website, wakeupyourpassion.com. Uh, you can find out a little bit more about my coaching style, about me. You can book an appointment and we can connect and see if we can help wake up your passion. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about one more thing before I let you go. Your, yes. Is it was it a hundred days of gratitude? What was your hundred day project that you that you did? Oh my gosh, I was doing a hundred days of radical honesty. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was what, that was what sparked, real. What sparked that? You know, I found like so. I was took a break from social media. I came back on social media, and then I was trying to vamp up for my coaching. You know, I wanted to post this, you know, valuable information about mm-hmm. coaching. And then it just got inauthentic again. It got to a point where it just felt forced. And so the 100 Days of Radical Honesty is just me showing up as me, not as a coach, not as an expert, not as a podcast person, just as Elsie and just really honoring the weird intricacies of who I am as a person and just mm-hmm. saying, this is me, like, this is how I'm going to show up. And I actually just stripped my my social media of like, being a coach, being a podcast. I just wanted to just be myself for a little bit and Mm -hmm. all my flaws and just really embrace who I was. And whenever I feel inauthentic, that's what I'm going to do. Just kind of tune back into me. That's good. I like that. Whenever you start to feel inauthentic, that's a good gauge for yourself to Mm -hmm. be able to tap in from time to time. Just check in and see where am I at? Am I being, you know, how am I showing up? Am I being authentic to who I say that I am in this world of social media and just every day, right? Am I really showing up as the person that I say I'm going to be? Absolutely. And in that, you've also started this career too. So you've got your coaching platform, you've got your podcast, but you've also tapped that coaching back into a career where you help recruit other coaches. Yeah, that was a hard transition. Like, you know, being an entrepreneur for so many years, I didn't want to go back into the corporate realm. I felt like I was being a sellout, you know, Uh selling out from pursuing my dream of entrepreneurship. And it's just the the freaking best job <laughs> I've ever had. Like I get to talk to coaches all day in interviews and learn about their styles and their passions. And it's so rewarding to be able to connect with different people from all over the U.S., like with different backgrounds and histories, and then to provide them with this opportunity with my company that is just such a great company. I'm just blessed. Like this 
the job opportunity the past year has just been a series of universal alignment events happening and coming to fruition. It's just been insane. And it all started. It wasn't even it's just over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Right. The coming to awareness is through the postpartum depression. And then those two really good friends that had the courage Mm -hmm. to say, hey, Elsie, we need to talk to you. This is what's happening. And I just applaud your friends because a lot of friends may be or may people may take the the assumption of it's not my business, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe afraid to say anything because sometimes the blowback may be on them versus Mm -hmm. on the person that actually did the, the event. Right. So I just applaud your friends for, you know, having the courage to come and tell you. And those two things were the things that sparked this radical change in your life to the person that you are now building this career and this platform of helping other people. Again, like I said before, I am so super proud of all that you're doing. I'm proud to see that you and Joe are really rekindling in your your love in a different way and see you and him and Banks on your social media so happy and Thank really, you. really in love. And I, I just, I'm so, so happy for that. And I I'm so grateful that you're here today. And so I thank you for saying yes to being on the show, for sharing your story, for allowing yourself to be vulnerable and letting people know that it's okay to share what's happened Mm -hmm. to them because they're not as alone as they may think. They may feel alone in the moment, but they're not as alone as they think. And that you can, I know you said you got hate and I didn't want to focus on that. On TikTok, people saying you're dumb for staying and all that. Your choice is your choice. And Mm -hmm. it is working for you and your family. And I'm Mm -hmm. so proud of that. Thank you, Wanda. Thank you for having me. Just thank you for providing this space for women to empower other women and and people and humans who listen to your show. I just think it's such a beautiful mission that you have here. And I just am grateful to be a part of it. Thank you. And please give my love to Joe. Tell him I said hi. And um, and hug your son for me. Even though I've only seen him once, hug your son for me. <laughs> I will. This is I will be happy to do that. Oh, thank you so much. Elsie B, Elsie Bobo. You can find her on social media at Wake Up Elsie. You can also tune into her podcast, Wake Up or Break Up. It is an amazing podcast. Like I said, so many people have come out and started sharing their own stories, which is, again, if you're going through this situation or a situation where you're just struggling in your relationship, that's a place to maybe hear other stories that can motivate you and help you with the decisions that you have to make. Also, if you would like to take advantage of Elsie's coaching services, visit her website at wakeupyourpassion.com. That's wakeupyourpassion.com. But you can follow her on social media. You can hit her up in the DM. Again, follow, support the people that are on this show, giving you information that you need to make an informed decision for your life. That's how we're doing it, family, for this hour. But stay tuned. We'll be right back with more show. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. We'll be right back after this. Show your support for the show by liking and sharing our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere.
This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. I had a wonderful conversation with my friend, LCB. She is the host of the podcast, Wake Up or Break Up. And she talked about the thing that changed the trajectory of her life. And that was the cheating that her husband did. But it wasn't, the show was not about that. It was about how she took that pain and turned that into wanting to help others. So again, you can catch her social media at Wake Up Elsie. But you can also take advantage of her coaching service. If you visit her website, wakeupyourpassion.com. And family, anybody that's on the show, if you ever reach out to them, please do me a favor and let them know that you heard it on Full Circle. That lets me know and them know that their appearance here really did reach and touch someone. So just let them know, hey, I heard about you on Full Circle. I want to know about XYZ. Greatly appreciated. So now let's jump into my next guest because, again, this is someone that took her pain and turned it into a passion for helping others. So Angela White is the founder of Life After Divorce with Angie podcast show. The podcast was inspired from being married 15 years and ending a divorce. And she wanted to create a platform to discuss relationships and the process of healing after a breakup. Now, she is passionate about helping people reach their fullest potential and live the life that God had intended them to live. And I like the tagline you say. Um, I'm going to let you say it because I don't want to say it where people are healed. Let me turn your mic on. Here we go. All right. What do you say at the uh, on your podcast where people are healed? And things get real. And things get real. Yeah. Yes, yes. So Angie, thank you so much. First of all, family too, I have to tell you all the way live and direct from Keller, Texas here today to be in studio. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here, taking the trip to California. I know it wasn't just for little old me, but I, I'm going to just keep that in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Angie, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome, welcome. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the Full Circle family. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I have never been to Sacramento, oh, so well, welcome. this is my first time here, and I like Sacramento a little better than Los Angeles. It's a little more busier, but uh, I am so excited to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Angela. I go by Angie. Uh, the name of my show is Life After Divorce with Angie. And as she said, that show was created for a platform to talk about relationships and my process of healing. Also recognizing that other people was experiencing the same thing I was going through. And I was more so private with mm-hmm. everything that I went through in my family and my marriage and I just protected everybody that was around me. I didn't share my pain even if people assumed I never confirmed or anything. I was even really kind of private with my own family. So when I started that show it was like something enlightened in me. Like a light bulb went off and all of a sudden I was transparent. So I started that show back in July. You mean this past July? This past July. It hasn't even been a year. And I started it just from having like a light bulb moment. I shared a post on my Facebook about me dating again and Uh being transparent. And from that, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) And I literally in two days started a podcast. I found out everything I needed to know. And I just ordered all the equipment I needed. And I was out there. I had recorded my first show like two days later. As soon as my equipment came in, I was so excited to be free and transparent that one post inspired me to create wow after divorce with Angie. that's so crazy i didn't know it was that new wow that's awesome yes. and, and congratulations because you've had some great episodes one i'll talk about a little bit later because it had one of the loves of my life on there my nephew tyler mm-hmm. but 
tell us a little bit about your backstory in terms of how did you get to the place where you found yourself in a situation of being divorced? Yeah. So me and my ex-husband, we were married 15 years, knew him since high school. We got married shortly after uh, we graduated. So I was about 19, didn't know much. We were very, we grew up into the church and we both got saved at the same time. He was not a Christian. And so we both were serving God and, and I love God before him and I introduced him to God, but it was just like, oh, this is how life should be. Then we had our son, Amari, and... I was like, I'm going to invite God into our marriage. We're going to be married and we're going to raise our family. And so I didn't know anything about being married. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody like before me to show me the way. And not only that, like I was still a kid, really. Mm -hmm. And um, so we got married young. And so fast forward, some things happened that kind of transitioned us. We started a business together. We had a daycare and um, it was start off small and then. I think some things just transitioned with him and me because of the relationships that was broken off with us during the course of starting our own business and, you know, just growing together as husband and wife. And I think we're, well, I know where things kind of fell off is when we started a daycare and it was a pretty big daycare. We had went from a small daycare to a bigger daycare and we had like over 40 employees. And during that time, I think it just took a toll on our marriage. Like we were so busy. We went from having time, going to church, then it was this daycare, daycare, daycare. We were so focused on that business growing and becoming successful that both our lives really just began to pull apart from there. And so then before you know it, I look up, like I was so wrapped up into working, like I didn't have time for myself, didn't have time for our marriage. And I looked up, it was rumors going around, you know, my Mm -hmm. husband was cheating on me and I'm the type of person I'm loyal Mm -hmm. you can't tell me anything about anybody in my family Mm -hmm. I'm like no I don't believe that I don't have any proof and so I was oblivious and it was rumors and I just left it at that people have come to me and you know would tell me um, yeah, he's messing with this part, you know, and I was like, um, you're just saying that because we fired you. You know, it was always an excuse of what I came for his behavior. And honestly, I just believe it was not time for me to receive the information that the truth. Mm-hmm. I believe God knows what we need when we need it. And during that time, I was really seeking God for answers because, you know, part of you kind of knows like something is not right. We didn't really talk to each other. So it wasn't like I can say like, okay, well, we're not talking. We worked so much. It was so, so many shifts. Like I w- he would work first. I would be there late shift. So mm-hmm. it was like we were missing each other. Yeah. And so I didn't even really can say, well, something was going on at home to make me know that something was not right. But, you know, as more and more rumors surfaced to, you know, I started seeking God about this. And God had confirmed to me. He was like, it's a lot of things going on behind your back that you're unaware of. And I went to a conference in Virginia, and I'll never forget. And he said he was going to wash everything to the shore for me. And Mm. in that moment, I was so relieved. I didn't really even know what that meant. I was like, wow, things are going on behind my back. But I was just happy to know that I had God looking out for me, that he heard my prayers and that the things I was concerned about, he was concerned about. And so he don't want us to be fooled, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when I got back from that conference, maybe two weeks, if that, me and my husband at that time, we had separated many times through mm-hmm. the 15 years. You know, I had moved out of my place and then we were trying to make things work and we had moved back in together. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had happened maybe five times. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so when I moved back in, it was like a moment of honesty, like 
let's get everything out. Did you did you cheat? Were yeah. you messing with? It was rumors that he was messing with a higher up in our business, uh-huh. and. And I didn't believe it. So, like I said, when I come from this conference, I'm like, you sure this never happened? He was tears in his eyes. It never happened. That's not true. And someone called me from work and was like, it's a lot of noise going on from his office, from my ex-office with this lady that was higher up that, you know, that was the rumors was going on about. And I was thinking, why would he be having such a, you know, that type of meeting with her without anybody, you know, being involved? So I was... Like trying to get in touch with him and I couldn't, and then he just kind of called me after. It was like, oh yeah, I let her, you know, I let her go. She doesn't work here anymore, and I'm like, wow, you know. And it was, it was like not a, a normal conversation that yeah. they were having. It wasn't like something we typically do when we bring somebody in the office, and yeah. you know. So uh, maybe that evening or the next two days, this woman sent me all the information. She I was needed. scorned, right? She was scorned, and every picture, every message women keep receipts yes they do (laughs) they keep receipts things could be going good that's like they're just waiting for a bad day and then she knew he was a married man so i don't know if she was protecting herself but everything i wanted to know i didn't have to get it from anybody else i know for sure in fact she showed me everything i needed it was like nine emails i got from her and she sent it from an unknown email was nothing through our business and you know I'm glad men her like we I was praying with this lady like mm. it wasn't like she was estranged to me I would bring her snacks in I had no clue she's helping my kids supporting their little small business they had and I'm just like so hurt because I just had this conversation with him and I thought we were going to reconcile our marriage I thought that you were being honest with me and mm. that you were being faithful and that was not the case so in that moment I decide you know I'm going to move and I did move. I moved to Texas. And he convinced me for our business that I need to be back there. I was so terrified mm-hmm. of change that I moved back because I didn't know anything else. This was the only man I had ever been with. And Miss Wanda, I want to know, you get an exclusive oh, of all this because I've never even went this personal in my podcast. I have not talked about all the details. So... This is the I feel I feel honored <laughs> and I also feel like you know like you said earlier God will reveal the things when when it's time mm-hmm. and it's it's time for you to reveal this and have this come off of your heart and spirit and mm-hmm. go into a new dimension with your podcast in your life so I'm a, I'm going to be quiet let you go on <laughs> Yeah I felt that too and I was always knowing that I would have to cross this bridge I was like I have a podcast talking about being real and Mm -hmm. this is a show where things get real and people get healed behind being real. And I believe that I believe the more honest you are, more real you are with yourself and other people that God can begin to heal you. You can't heal if you're always masked or not Mm -hmm. being transparent where other people can, you know, see your wounds and and not just put their hand in your wounds. Right. But also like. Take your hand and say, let me help you patch that up. We can patch each other up. Um, Moving forward in that story. So when I found out and I moved to Texas and I um, moved back, I took my kids. They were like, what is going on? We Mm -hmm. don't want to go back there. I went back out of fear. 
And then I had had a party and everything. Like, everybody had sent me off. I was crying <laughs> every day. I was in Texas getting off work. Lord, what am I going to do? I was just distraught. I didn't know how God was going to do this. But I knew I was supposed to. I felt that God was making things at that business so uncomfortable for mm. me because I would still go to work with my head up. I didn't show what was going on with me. I didn't tell people we were going through a divorce or we were separated. It was hard. And so, but the more I stayed, the more God nudged me. Mm. I had all my prayer partners. We, The more we prayed. I was thinking, you know, For Your Glory was like my favorite song. We was getting up at 5 a.m. And I said, the more I said For Your Glory, the more pain I felt. But I just remember God sharing with me that, you know, that don't get envious of evildoers. In due time, they'll be cut off like grass. I remember him telling me, and I was thinking... Well, God, you're not moving fast enough because they're coming here mocking me. I got an upgraded ring. And I remember one of the ladies was like, I don't know why he got her that. He's not going to do nothing but call me. So after that one woman, it became another woman. Even though after me staying with him after that, it was another woman. And then it was an, and I was like, I don't even know what to believe anymore because it's so many women like mm. and he was always denying them and i felt like if the lady would have never you know gave me the information about what they had going on i would have never knew about any of this because yeah. he was not forthcoming so that's why i ended in marriage i mean we cannot have a relationship where we cannot be honest you're constantly hurting me and when i moved to texas for the second time my family had moved here a year after that when i came back I came back, and so I had the support I needed. And I wanted to leave then. I had my running shoes on for a while. Mm-hmm. I was just, any little thing you did, I was ready to go. <laughs> you say the wrong thing, I'm out. Because I was so hurt. I was yeah. still hurt. I had to walk away from my business. I didn't know how I was going to support myself. I didn't know I was going to support my kids. But I know God was, like, coaching me along the way. Yeah. He was my life coach. He was telling me, I'm going to take care of you and your kids. You don't have to worry about that. And mm-hmm. God has fulfilled that to me. He has kept my kids. He has make sure I had a place to stay. I have got a podcast show after this to help other people. Like, I'm walking in what I was supposed to do anyway, even though it took hurt to get me there. But it also brought forth the healing because I was not happy where I was at. And I don't believe just because you're a Christian woman that you have to stay in situations where people are not showing change behaviors. That is not okay. You're a Christian man or you're a Christian relationship. We both should be displaying the um, discipline and the things of God towards each other and if that's not happening you have to look at yourself and say okay is this fruitful am I happy and I got to the point when I moved to Texas I was not divorced I had left him but I did not get the strength to officially I had tried to divorce him several times and I just every time it was he was holding it up it was something because we had filed together he always held it up because he didn't want a divorce but God was pulling me like you want all these things, you're crying, you're praying, you're bringing all your intercessors in, and you're not doing anything to change the trajectory of your life. You're in the same spot because you keep praying and you keep you allowing him back. That yeah, pain. holding on to the pain, mm-hmm. uh, holding on to the hurt, the name calling, and, you know, not being pushed by him. Like, he wanted everything for that daycare, but personally, I had my own goals. I had a gift by Angie. I was doing things. He never supported that, and it's like... How am I with somebody that calls the things I do? I won't use the words he said, but, you know, it was hurtful things. It's like you're supposed to be the person that loved me the most I'm married to for life in 15 years. What does that mean if I can't even trust you and lean on you? What does that mean to me? 
you know so I have to lose the image of me keeping my kids together our family together I'm a Christian woman I don't believe in divorce God's going to be angry at me if I divorce him that was really I held on to that I Mm -hmm. really held on to that and to the day God gave me a circular song in prayer at five in the morning he said you will survive Mm -hmm. he gave me the song you will survive. And I looked up the old version before Destiny Child, and I played that all the way to the courthouse. I will survive. I called my family. I I'm like, that. I am going to divorce I him. Love that. And he did not believe it because we had tempted so many times and it never fall. But when I got to Texas, it was like a freedom hit me. I was divorced in 60 days. I know people that tell me it took me this long and it just didn't happen. I said, I don't know. But on the 60th day, I didn't even know I was divorced. I was coming to drop off papers. And the judge was telling me to swear in. And I was like, I have on flip-flops. Hold on, I can't get divorced with flip-flops. <laughs> so I'm like, what? And he was like, are you swear everything that's in this? You know, these papers are true. And I'm like, yeah. But I'm still in shock. Yeah, because like, you're not realizing yeah, this I'm not is real- happening. Yeah, because I've been married to this man 15 years. And I knew him before. And it's like... Am I really being divorced? It took me a long time, even though you're, you know, paper does not make you married. So even though you're attached and emotionally connected to somebody, even though when I finished and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, well, you're officially divorced it's through the state of Texas. And I was done. And I walked out with I will survive. I played it all the way home. <laughs> this newfound freedom. I love and it. then months later, all I got this this idea to do a podcast. Nothing but God. When we release What's in our hand? God will give you fresh revelation. He will give you the things you need to move forward because he has so much more for us. And sometimes we're so afraid to let go of what's behind us, of what people think about us and what our families. We oh, you're a divorcee and you can be nothing. You know, no, that can be your fresh start. And I'm not saying that's for everybody because. Everybody' purpose is not that, but that was the purpose for me because yeah. God was pushing me in a different direction, saying that you, this is enough. It's time for you to live your life. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to cry and pray and say you want to change, and nothing never changed. I start believing like God is prayer. Even you said the prayers of the righteous avail it much. Mm-hmm. Is it available for me? I didn't call mm-hmm. everybody. I know all yeah. the strongest prayer warriors, mm-hmm. and I'm still in this situation. God, it was within me and I had a, my prayer partner she encouraged like you gotta you gotta stop doing this to yourself stop allowing people to hurt you and think it's okay you mm-hmm. have to create boundaries for yourself it is not okay to continue in a behavior to continually cheat to continually break vows and not saying I was this perfect person in a relationship but this was a big thing as the reason why I wanted out because first it wasn't good marriage that we were working on and then it's all the infidelity not one person you humiliated me in front of our yeah. co-workers I'm going to work everybody knows about it yeah. I'm going to work wearing this ring people think you know I'm foolish for staying and at the time I felt foolish but I was like you know this is what God called me to I held on to the word that God was going to restore my marriage and when you hold on to something like that because if you really believe in God and his word you hold on to those things it's in your heart God yeah. had to kind of like and take the, like Angie that only works when you do the other part of what I promised you. Right, right. And people don't understand that it is always a twofold. If you do, then I will. If you don't, then these are the consequences. And mm-hmm. so it's always that. And so when God gives you a word, we have to make sure we're doing our part so that we can be fruitful, so we can have the land flowing with milk and honey, so we can be where God wants us to be at the right time, at the right place, so that we can help others. Because 
I learned, God told me a long time ago, it is not about you. Everything that you go through, they're attacking what's in you. It's never about you. It humbled me because it's like, oh, I thought it was about me. Mm-hmm. But it was never about me. It was about women that would go through these same obstacles, these same things of holding their self accountable for other people's actions mm. and stand in abusive relationships that is not healthy. And we hold on to God and saying this, God want us to do this. And God is not telling you to do stuff like that. Some of this you're adding in on yeah. your own, especially when it's supposed to be two people of faith, you know, and then the Bible said, they want to go, let them go. You wanted to go cause you kept cheating. So I felt like you would <laughs> right. want it. You did not want to be there be here in the first right. place. Right. And he yeah. said to keep those that want to be kept. If you don't want to be kept, you gave me a way to be with somebody that wants to be kept. This so. woman done flew in from Texas and <laughs> preaching the house down. <laughs> this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda. We got to take a quick break when we come back more with Angie White and her amazing testimony and what she's doing to help other people that are going through life after divorce. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. If you have something to add to the conversation, drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And she's back, empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. We are back. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with my guest, Angela White. She is the host of the podcast, Life After Divorce with Angie. And she is, first of all, just an amazing human being. So glad that she is here in the studio having this conversation. She's talking about the things that she went through that propelled her to her life where it is now, where she is now walking in freedom. And for me, that just sounds so good because I have a heart to see women just free from whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a marriage situation. Just walking in your freedom and in your passion like we talked about with Elsie too. But one of the things I wanted to talk about is that you mentioned before the break that you kept holding on. So many times we do that. We keep holding on even though the Lord is like, I got something better for you or this is not the situation that I want you in. Because remember we have free will so we make our own choices. And so sometimes we might put ourselves in a situation and be like, Lord, why you put me here? Well, he didn't put you there, right? You put yourself there. And so, you know, you talked about you left, but you kept holding on. And it wasn't until you finally had the courage to just let all the way go, to completely trust God in the next part of your journey, that now you're flourishing, Mm -hmm. that things are happening. You know, when he says, you know, people always quote, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, Mm -hmm. I have the plans for you. But when he really, when you let go and allow him to do those things that he really has planned and destined for your life, how, first of all, how fast things happen Mm -hmm. and then how it just blows your mind. I mean, you know, it, you know, again, to quote another scripture, he really does exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we can ask. He has so much for us that we can't even fathom. And so once you let go of that, finally let go and finally walked and just said, God, okay, I'm going to trust you in this. You were divorced like that. You know, all these things, all mm-hmm. these doors started opening up for you. Mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Just the letting go. It was almost like I was holding on for dear life of that life Mm -hmm. because that was the life I had built from a young teenager. Like I started, you know, first self-employed person on that magnitude in our family. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know I was scared to let that go. And 
it was really even though it was tearing me apart to hold on to it it was also keeping me like okay well at least you know I have my own business I'm 27 you know I was young and then you know I was seeing the side of being an entrepreneur at a young age and that was something that you know people around me looked up to I looked up to my kids can look up to I can show them how to work hard how you work hard for the things you want in life so Mm -hmm. That was a you know part of a dream for you know African American families to have. I've never seen that around me. Yeah. I never seen anybody own their own business. I never mm-hmm. seen you know. And then not only that, it was the children. Like I love working with the kids to be that inspiration in their lives. So a lot of these kids come in broken families, and so to have kids, Miss Angie, mm-hmm. I want to live with you, Miss Angie. You know, can, can this is your house? I like coming in your house. Mm-hmm. Like this was our one big house we had for mm-hmm. everybody to come join us. And my kids, you know. They didn't really get a big part of me because I was giving a lot of that to other people's children and and nurturing them. So, yeah, the letting go of all that, I liked what we had going on. And I had to consider that my peace was way more important than any material thing I can ever have, even if that meant starting over and giving up things that I enjoy, the life that I had, you know, I had to give that up and I started completely over. So that was difficult for me to yeah. do. You moved to a new state where you didn't have any family, right? Well, at first I didn't and then yeah. I moved back again and my family had oh, okay. moved here. They had been here um, like a year oh, okay. afterwards. So when I first moved here and I ran back, no, uh-huh. I didn't have anybody. What What was that like once you got to Texas the second time, you found yourself, judges like that, you're divorced. What was that rebuilding period for you in coming to who you are now? Rebuilding was a lowly place for me. I think when God rebuilds you, it's almost like I'm reminded of Joseph, how he was thrown in a pit. You feel like you're in a pit. Like nobody sees you. Nobody sees the dream you have. And so you're feeling like, am I crazy? Like, do God really have a bigger purpose for me? I'm out here. I was living with my mom in the front room on a bed with no frame. So, uh-huh. like, I went from having my own business to now I'm sitting in the front room on a mattress. And I'm like, God, this could not be it. I left all this for what? And I tried to come back again. I told uh-huh. you I had my running shoes on uh-huh. for a while. I've been in Texas five years now. But for the first three, I was ready to roll. My friend really encouraged me, uh, my prayer partner, to, like, it is not for you to come back. You can't come back. And, and I didn't even realize how much of the magnitude of why I could not come back. God was not only telling me I couldn't come back because I need to grow in Texas. It was things I need to do there, but it was also protecting me. I could have went to jail. It was some things that transpired with our business that he was protecting me from because I was not there. It didn't affect me. So that was, you know, that part of it, it was like I had to be a big girl or whatever you want to call it spiritually and I had to it was a low place for me I remember for years but my I had a good support around me encouraging me that you can't make the money you made you know when you were self-employed I just didn't think I could I was just like I don't have all this I thought of everything that I did not have and I thought that this person made me who I was Mm -hmm. I thought well he you know pushed me and I thought I learned who I was as a person, as a woman. Like, I had never bought my own car before. I have never lived alone. So mm-hmm. Texas was not just 
a new state it was a lot of new things i remember going to car dealership like i tried to do everything online Uh because i was like i don't want them to tell me no if they're gonna tell me no i Uh had to rebuild my credit i didn't have credit a lot of our things was business everything was in the business so you build this platform and you don't even think about your personal life and i think as a woman and even though you're married you should also think about you as an individual when you marry something's like you just give everything into your family whatever you guys got going on you don't think about yourself yourself is almost last so for me restarting over it seemed like it was the end of the world for me mm-hmm. it did and then god just started opening doors i would speak things and they would happen i would tell my mom i need this amount of money and it will come mm-hmm. i would say i need to work here and this and this and it was just like n- not weeks days of mm-hmm. manifesting god began to tell me to manifest the things like I, he manifested the job I needed for my kids. I got a great boss. We just kind of worked out. I've been there since uh, the last four years. Mm-hmm. I manage a forensics and psychiatry office there professionally. And it's like, I got the perfect, everybody's like, if your job hiring, let me know. Mm-hmm. I just, God just made everything yeah. work for me, gave me stability. I didn't have that. You know, I was looking like, man, my mom, my mom front room is all I got right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was embarrassed. I had a Cadillac, but I'm on the floor. I'm like, oh, can't tell nobody. You know, but nobody knew me in Texas. So all that shame that I had from where I was from, I didn't carry that. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't like it. And I'm just glad I had my family. Like, you know, you're going to get through it. My mom encouraged me. You're going to get through this. And, you know, when you're in that situation, it don't seem like you're going to. It seems like it's going slow. But once, like you said, after I let go of shame and where I thought I should be mm-hmm. and what I thought I should be accomplishing because I'm 38 I'm not married again you yeah. know I'm not dating anyone uh-huh. I wasn't dating anyone at that time and so it was just like all the things that I let go of of the idea of what I thought I should be the person I thought I would become then that's like things begin to move forward with the job the stability of of having an income that was you know that matched better than what I was when I was employed working for myself so I was like this is God and yeah. the benefits and then you know my kids having a, a stable environment for as school and stuff and this all the things I wanted to accomplish and I did not have a podcast show on the list but when you allow God when you live in his will and not your will it's things on a list that's already predestined for your life that once you continue to walk in that path you start finding out this is like God started unraveling bowls like this is the door you need to go through but when we try to because I'm a person that like to know everything that's going to happen and I get anxious when I'm like don't when I don't know what you're going to do what you're gonna, I don't know I mm-hmm. what so me losing that control and still you know I'm not professing that because I got this show and all this I'm still learning to trust God more and more in, in the different areas of my life. It's not a once all, you all in. Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. it's something you constantly have to go, okay, yeah. God, I don't know what's going on, and I don't know what's next. But I know if you keep moving forward and learn when to stand still, you will be okay. Just never go back. Ooh, that's a good word right there. That's such a good word. Yeah. And I think I needed that myself. <laughs> you came here to deliver that to well, me. Well, that is great. That is that is what my purpose is. That was the purpose of this interview. Then I'm happy with that. So Life After Divorce with Angie podcast. Who has been impacted through that podcast? Oh, it's been such a wonderful experience in such a short amount of time. Like, like when I first started, it was people inboxing me like, I am so glad you started this show. Mm-hmm. 
I am able to relate. I'm not married. Even people that's not married, people start saying, you should not just, I know you're talking about divorce, but it's a relationship show. And I will get a lot of inboxes and a lot of people feedback on my actual platform that I started on, which was Podbean. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm on every podcast platform now, but men and women, I was really shocked that I had, you know, normally the women, you know, we talk about cheating or something, they be on your side, no matter if you're right or wrong. But the men were really opening up, you know, your nephew Tyler, he he just, man, he was <laughs> quoting him to me. Like, I was not on the show. He was so impactful to yeah. our male audience and women. Like, they were seeing it from both angles. So, I just got a ton of response of guests and people that I didn't even know. Like, they were sharing quoting other people's testimonies on their page like you should go watch this show this show is great and it helped me and i'm like who is this lady in louisiana i don't even know these people Uh, they just like they were tagging me it's just like i would see they like i was um able to see the statistics of like mm -hmm. where my viewers was coming from and it was everywhere like everywhere and i'm like i don't know any of these people but once i started going on other platforms um, God just began to bring people in to you know listen to the show, and I'm just sometimes you know you don't you know we're our worst critic. We don't yeah. think we're doing such an amazing job, and then you someone come along and go that person that you had on the show they life touch because it wasn't just about sharing my story; yeah. it was about other people's story as well to help other people because it's not just about me and that's not why I created that platform it was to say hey I'm human I went through it I want to talk to you about it like I said we patch each other up or we if I'm in a in a stronger place in certain areas let me pull you here because you don't have to settle for that it's funny the impact and again like I was sharing with Elsie earlier especially with a topic like infidelity so many people can relate And that word just spreads. And I think one of the reasons why the word spreads is because people now feel like they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't just happen to them. Mm -hmm. And, oh, there's someone else that went through that. I went through that similar experience or I did this or I did that. And once you start to open up and, and just share, then people feel more comfortable to share their story. And I'm so glad that you have your podcast and that people are attracted to it because it's not just the message of surviving through divorce. It's allowing trusting God and allowing him to help walk you through that space, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful thing. And, and when we find the courage to tell it, I told my story in a book. And although it wasn't about infidelity it was about how did I get through that time in my life because it's a it's a rough time and so when you can find your way through find whatever that compass is for you to be able to start to navigate out whether it's the podcast whether it's finding a life coach whatever it is hold on to that and then we always want to run tell everybody else <laughs> right <Yes. laughs> we do. because you know you got this good thing and you're you're either on your way to healing or you found healing and now you want everybody to know Mm -hmm. about it too so yes yeah that is absolutely correct (laughs) so what's next for life after divorce with angie podcast or for you in general like where do you see your ministry going from here I definitely want to continue with Life After Divorce. I'm finishing up my first season. I'm going to start working on new interviews okay. uh, for a second season. I'm also thinking about I'm taking classes for life coaching. I want to help people more one-on-one, um, even possible group coaching. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I am called to motivate people. I'm called to be a motivational speaker in whatever that means for me or however God used me in that capacity because I don't think that, you know, 
everybody is in one category, yeah. but the people that God called me to minister to, that's where I want to, you know, make sure I'm sharpening my skills at. So right now, I'm in the process of, you know, going through a life coaching course. Uh, I'm going to navigate how I navigated through um, life after divorce for the Angie. When I get my claws on something, and I'm very ambitious, and I'm going to stick with what I want that I know that's not just going to be for my personal gain or healing, but for other people. And I feel like sometimes one-on-one in being a listening ear because, you know, life coaching is just not about giving people advice. It's about helping you sort through your process of the things you have going on and being that ear that is close to the situation. I think that's wonderful. I think you're going to make an amazing coach. You are very motivational. So I, I'm I'm looking for you to be out there because you will Thank definitely you. be out there. What are some things that you would tell someone that finds themselves in the situation that you were in? and they just feel like they don't have any place to turn, what would you tell them to help them to get started on their own healing journey? I would tell them, and I'm not a person that have a lot of people around or friends, and like I said, I was very private. I would definitely say if you don't know God, like that should be your number one source. For me, that's what got me to a place of even accepting healing, to even moving past what I actually was going through so God prayer just staying in and even when I was ready to give up and walk away and I felt like evil was always prevailing and that you know what's the point of doing right but if you're in that place just know that whatever dark place you in God has a hand that can stretch beyond where you think he cannot reach and he will reach up and he will grab you out the pit of hell or whatever dark hole you in and his light will illuminate your life and will change you for the best like if we just call on him and we ask for his help and we don't have to do it all the same God understand our language even when we're not even saying anything he knows our heart because he created us so that would be my advice very good advice very good advice where can people find you follow you listen to your podcast all the good things so I'll give you the main thing you can go on my website which is www.lifeafterdivorcewithangie.com and you can find my latest podcast shows and I'm also on Facebook Life After Divorce with Angie as well if you want daily inspiration and the things that's going on with Angie in her show so. okay alright lifeafterdivorcewithangie.com is the website also that is the name of the podcast family if you tune in you will not be sorry really good podcast I'm looking forward to season two and seeing what you do with that but you can go ahead and find it on all the the major podcast platforms again it's life after divorce with Angie man this has been amazing show two dynamic guests that are doing great and amazing things in the world I'm so excited for both of these young women because they are blazing trails and I'm so excited that they have decided to take a few moments out of their day to share with us in the the full circle studio and to share their stories and you know there's a common thread that I heard between you and Elsie and that's the shame you know once you get past the shame right Mm -hmm. once you really allow that to dissipate and give that shame over to God because the shame is not even about you. The shame is about what other people are thinking about your situation, but they're not in the situation. They don't know the inner workings of that situation. Once you find your way to letting that shame go 
and really walking forward in it because shame is the thing that holds people back. And that's nothing but the enemy throwing those things. What are they going to say about you? People are saying this. People are whispering and all the things. Once you allow that shame to go, you can start to find freedom for yourself. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Any last words, Miss Angie? I am just so excited. I was, you know, anticipating coming here to meet you. And you're so wonderful, even oh, in person. And you. our text message has always been pleasant. I did read your book. I was very inspired by Grace. It also just brought me to a place of like, yeah, I can grieve, you know, because we still mm-hmm. go through a process. So I was inspired by your book. And thank I thank you. you for the book. And I thank you for inviting me um, to your show. And I had a good time. I yeah. really did. So I'm just looking forward to continue to follow you and see where God these roads lead. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to us partnering in some way, shape, or form. I always believe, I don't believe in any coincidences, mm-hmm. so there's a reason that we connected. Found you by having, like you said, well, Tyler was on the show, mm-hmm. but um, I know there's so much more than that, and I'm so grateful that you are here today. I'm really looking forward to seeing how God uses you in this next part of your life. There's amazing things coming for you and I'm excited to now know you mm-hmm. and to um, you know, be a friend and see where God takes you. Also to let you know that you have an open door. Whenever you want to come back, come back to Sacramento. (laughs) I'll be here. That's an inside joke. Um, But come back to Sac and um, yeah, just let's just wrap because I think that that we have an amazing chemistry. You have such an amazing story to tell. And I, like I said, I'm listening to you taking my little notes. Like I'm inspired (laughs) myself for some of the things I'm going through. So thank you so much for being obedient to God and for sharing your story in a way that you had never shared before. Yes. So thank you so much for yes, that. Thank you. I wish you nothing but the best and sending you love and light and just thank you for being here. Shout out to your amazing kids that Yay. are sitting back there yeah. like, okay, we're ready to go back to <laughs> LA now. <laughs> but that's how we're doing it, family. And that's what Full Circle is all about. It's about giving you the information you need to make informed decisions for your life and also to have conversations for me to bring forth conversations so that people know that we're not alone. We're all going through something. And there is always someone that is going through the same thing that you are going through. Maybe not identically, but they have gone through or are going through the same thing. So you have an ear, you have a person that you can reach out to or listen to or relate to in some way. So I'd like to thank my guest, Elsie Bobo, for being on, sharing her story. Don't forget, you can find her at Wake Up Elsie on social media. Also visit her website at wakeupyourpassion.com for coaching. And thank you again to Angie Life After Divorce with Angie. Angie.com is her website, also the name of her podcast. Follow these two women. They are doing amazing things out in the world. And you can say you heard it right here on Full Circle. Next week is the big three-year anniversary, family. You will want to stay tuned because my good friend Mercy Hogan is going to be the host of the show. And I am going to sit in the guest seat. So you will know more about Miss Wanda than you may not have known before. So tune in next Saturday. Also, we've got some giveaways. Follow the show on social media so you can find out how you can have a chance to win some of the giveaways that we're going to be giving away on the show as well. It is Full Circle 975 on Instagram and Facebook. So make sure you're following the show. Also, if you want to hear past episodes, make sure you subscribe, like, and share the podcast, Miss Wanda's Full Circle Radio. Really appreciate your comments and 
and you sharing the show with others. Hit me up at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. I can give you more details about supporting this show. I will see you next week for the big Full Circle three-year anniversary show. All right, family, that's how we're doing it. Show love to everyone you meet. I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.